welcome everyone to the score fantasy football podcast i'm your host justin boone the lead fantasy analyst at the score appreciate you downloading and listening to the show today it's our third episode of the week already hopefully you checked out the waiver wire show on monday and then on tuesday i went over five tips to give your roster an edge this season i also gave a quick update on the travis kelsey situation during that one and today we're going to be diving a little deeper into kelsey and george kittle Cooper Cup, Terry McLaurin, and all the notable injured stars heading into week one. And I'm not going to be doing it alone. We're going to get some real medical analysis from one of our trusted injury experts. Deepak Chona is going to be joining us. We've had him on the show before. We're happy to have him back and we definitely need the help because there are a lot of players banged up entering the season. But before we get into that, I'm bringing back a segment that I know people loved last season. So let's take a look at my top trade targets this week as we kick things up a notch with our friends at Frank's Red Hot. Let's frank it up. And before week one, most people are in love with their teams. They just drafted it. They talked themselves into picking those players. So what we're looking for is guys who have a much higher ceiling than the public realizes. And the first player who fits that description for me, Mike Williams on the Chargers. Two years ago, he had 76 catches, 1,146 yards, and nine touchdowns. He finished as a top 12 fantasy receiver that year. Last season, if it wasn't for the five games that he missed due to injury, he was on pace to be right up there again. His quarterback, Justin Herbert, he's poised for a bounce back year. The offensive line is healthy. The team has a new exciting offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. And among the Chargers wideouts, Keenan Allen's 31 years old, and the rookie Quinton Johnson, who was a first rounder, he's still fourth on the depth chart at the moment. Mike Williams is the number one receiver in this offense. He's going to be a wide receiver one in fantasy this year. Take advantage of him being undervalued. Go make an offer and get him in your lineup. And if you're curious which players to trade for him, you can check out my week one trade value charts. They're available over at the score. You can get some ideas from that. The second player that I want you to target this week, J.K. Dobbins. The Ravens offense is on the verge of a monster season. Their new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, he's going to help unlock all that talent they have on that side of the ball. But most importantly, he's going to increase the number of plays that they're running. Their last offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, he had them in the bottom third in the league in situation neutral pace of play the last four years. Monken routinely has had his offenses in the top 12 in that category. Then you have Lamar Jackson, who's firing on all cylinders. He's got the new contract. The team looks a lot more like it did back in 2019 when Jackson won the MVP. And during that year, Mark Ingram posted a huge touchdown total from that backfield. He finished as a top 10 fantasy back. Dobbins is an incredibly gifted runner. He's finally healthy. He is about to post a career year. Get him while you still can. And the third name that you should be trying for, Traylon Burks on the Titans. Don't forget about that buzz over the offseason, how he showed up more dedicated than he was as a rookie, how he was really prepared for that breakout in year two, but then the team signed DeAndre Hopkins, then Burks hurt his knee in August and he missed some time, so the shine came off of him a little bit. But fantasy managers, they let him fall in drafts. That was a mistake. Burks is already back at practice. He's going to be available early in the season, maybe even in week one, and he's going to benefit from having Hopkins out there drawing coverage onto his side of the field. What Burks is going to lose in volume, he's going to gain in efficiency. And this is a first round pick who was earning targets at an elite rate as a rookie. It is possible that he could outproduce the 31-year-old Hopkins this year, and you want to acquire him before everyone else figures out that that's a possibility. So get some trade offers out there now for those three players and take your roster and frank it up, just like our friends 
at Frank's Red Hot. All right, let's get our guest in here. He's a Stanford and Harvard trained sports surgeon. I'm sure you've been following his excellent work on Twitter, X, at SportsMD Analysis, and checking out his website now, sportsmedanalytics.com. He does a great job staying on top of every injury, providing updates all year long on them. It's Mr. Deepak Chona. Deepak, welcome back to the show, man. I appreciate you jumping on with us. We've got a laundry list of injured players that we could talk about, but how you doing as we get ready here for another NFL season? How you been? I'm doing great. Thanks for that intro and thanks for having me on. I'm I'm pumped for the season as I think everyone else is and we're uh, already dealing with, like you said, a big list, which is not surprising, but uh, not encouraging for what we have coming with these guys getting injured so fast. Yeah, and it feels like around week one, there's some of these injuries that we haven't really heard much about. Maybe teams were trying to hide them, and then we start to get some injury reports and find out that maybe there are some more guys banged up that we didn't even realize. There's about nine or ten players that I want to ask you about, and they range from guys who are coming back from an injury and might be able to suit up in week one, all the way to some of these guys that were worried could potentially be out maybe the first month. So let's start with the obvious one, and that's Travis Kelsey. He hyperextended his knee in practice the other day, and it sent the fantasy world into a tailspin. Everybody who spent up on Kelsey in the first round just immediately regretting it, but it sounds like he avoided an ACL injury. Could still miss some time, though. What's your outlook for Kelsey? Yeah, it really does sound like a relatively best-case scenario in terms of his MRI results are essentially showing a bone bruise and all ligaments intact, including the ACL. So, with the bone bruise, your average timeline on these is about two weeks. They do vary in severity. Having him play tomorrow, just two days after the injury, would be very unlikely by the data. And uh, having him play week two would be possible, but really week three is the most likely outcome here. Again, there is a little bit of a range of severity here, but I don't think Kelsey owners need to panic. Probably just missing the first two weeks, and when he does come back, usually you would see a low impact on his production and a relatively low re-injury risk, risk as well. So overall, not the worst case outcome here. And if we're looking at that roster, I talked a bit about this on Tuesday's show, but Sky Moore, I think definitely is going to get a bump here. I think he's going to get a lot more opportunity out of the slot this year. Uh, not really a ton of guys that I'm overly excited about. I think they're going to spread the ball around a lot. Noah Gray for Kelsey managers. He's a player. He's his immediate backup. He's going to step in. I have him ranked as a low-end tight end one for fantasy this week if Kelsey does end up being out. So you could pivot to some of those guys. But overall, I think Mahomes is going to be fine. Pretty sure his projections barely moved on this. They dropped down, you know, 10, 15 yards, something like that. And that just tells you how good he is and how much talent they have around him, even though it's not the same kind of star power as Kelsey. They got a lot of guys that can get the job done there. We got another tight end, another big name too, who's dealing with an injury. And it's a guy who seems to be hurt all the time. He often plays through it. And that's George Kittle. He's been dealing with an adductor strain and he suffered that in mid-August. He didn't practice on Monday, but that's not overly concerning because, you know, it's Monday practice. We want to know if he's going to be out there later in the week. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, just so everyone knows. And I haven't seen a practice report for the 49ers yet today, but Deepak, should fantasy managers be worried that Kittle might not be out there to start the season? Could he actually miss week one? It's a very real possibility. And the thing with Kittle is that this is a little bit of a re-aggravation. He, he had this injury, then he came back and then had sort of a re-aggravation of it. And those tend to be managed a little more conservatively because they're a little more prone to further re-injury or further re-aggravation. 
But the good news on Kittle is that he was seen doing sprints, and that's certainly a good sign. It means that it's pretty close to healing. The key with these adductor strains is really side-to-side motion. So until we know that he's doing that or full practice, then we can probably confidently say that he would be coming back. But at this point, I would lean towards George Kittle playing. Part of that is the injury. Part of that is the uh, the timeline. And then part of that is, as you said, he tends to play through a lot of injuries as well. So the other key, though, with George Kittle for season-long owners, he is a pretty elevated risk, about 20% higher than than the other tight ends. And that's a combination of the fact that he's had groin strains in the past and then now kind of dealing with a similar or same region of injury. So not loving his season-long durability ratings, but for week one, I think there's a very solid chance he plays. Hopefully we can get some good news here on Terry McLaurin. He's dealing with that toe injury. Isn't ideal for a receiver, of course. And there's been some reports that the team's actually optimistic that he's going to play in week one, but they're also going up against the Cardinals and the Cardinals are in full tank mode. So Washington could probably win that one without leaning too much on Terry McLaurin. Either way, what's your expectation for McLaurin? Not just when he'll be back, but how much that toe injury could impact him when he does suit up finally. And that's a good point too, because I, I do lean towards him playing week one. The data on these is about three to four weeks average. And per the reports of the MRI and the x-rays, this was a relatively mild turf toe issue. Now, the key with these is that they do cause about a six-week production dip. And for a wide receiver, it's because that's really involved in pushing off and sort of balance as you're making cuts. And that takes him up to about week three. So I I think you see about a 10% production dip in our data until week three here. The other key part of it is that the earlier he comes back, and although he could probably play week one, he does so at a moderately increased re-injury risk. So if they're up by a lot over a bad Cardinals team, you may see them limit his touches or limit his snap count uh, just to avoid that potential somewhat catastrophic outcome. But otherwise, I, I do think he'd probably play. Yeah, and Jahan Dotson looking fantastic out there. I think he could definitely pick up some more targets in this game and have a pretty big start to the season for him. I know fantasy managers would be happy with that. He's been somebody that was rising up in ADP over the last few weeks based on his preseason performances. Now, I was going to ask you about Romeo Dobbs, who sat out the final preseason game with a hamstring injury. And when he was asked about it, he kind of played it off like he was fine, but that he would let Matt LaFleur kind of handle those questions about his week one availability. Then today we found out that not only did Dobbs sit out practice, Christian Watson, his teammate, also sat out. And I haven't seen what the injury is yet for Watson, so we're going to have to just leave that undisclosed for now. But not a great start to the week for the Packers receiving core. So tell us what you know about the Dobbs hamstring injury. I don't think there's really much information to go off of about Christian Watson. We'll just add that into the mix, and everyone's going to have to follow this injury along the the week here as we go. And I'm going to talk about it on Friday's show. We'll do the usual Friday injury updates as well. Uh, But Christian Watson not at practice, Romeo Dobbs not at practice. Give us your outlook for Dobbs and anything that you might know about Watson. Sure. So with Watson, we don't really have any info. There's uh, very little has been reported, and I think we'll know at least the diagnosis if there is one this afternoon. But with Dobbs, I would lean slightly towards him sitting week one. The average hamstring, and with him, again, they played this one pretty close to the chest. They don't have a lot of info on it. But 
the average hamstring takes two to three weeks for a wide receiver. And if they rush back, then there's a higher re-injury risk, as we've seen in the news with some of the other wide receivers recently. So it would lean us towards, based on his timeline, him sitting week one. Uh, now, if he does play for the first about two to three weeks after he returns, he's going to have a little bit of an elevated risk. That's probably about 15%. But again, it's hard to know. We'll, we'll know a lot more once his practice reports from Thursday and Friday come out. Yeah, we haven't gotten the practice report from Wednesday to know what the exact injury is. But while you were actually answering the question there, uh, I did see some tweets come out from the Packers beat writers that Matt LaFleur talked about Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs not practicing today. And the quote was, we'll give them the whole week and we'll see where they're at. So not really a, a great answer, but that's the most up-to-date information we have on it. And there are some other players in that offense that fantasy managers could look to. Uh, the rookie Jaden Reed is very exciting. And if those two were out or limited, he could definitely get more opportunity. Um, and then you could look to the tight end, Luke Musgrave, who's someone that's incredibly athletic, a very good pass catcher. And we could see him see some more targets in week one if those other two guys aren't around. So that's the most we know about it at the moment. And we're going to have to keep an eye on it as the week goes, like you said. Uh, what about Joe Burrow? It seems like he's trending towards playing in week one. He's been sidelined with that calf injury for a while now, but he's slated to practice in full according to his head coach, Zach Taylor. Are there any worries here about an aggravation at some point about, you know, this limiting him when he does get out there, assuming he's back this week, how do you view Burrow? This is one of the more reassuring injuries. If you look at the timeline of when he came from the injury to when he came out of the boot, it was only a week. And that pretty strongly suggests a grade one or a low grade strain. And then you look at the amount of time he's had to rest and that's about five weeks now. So that combination of uh, tells me that he's at a relatively low re-injury risk at this point, having had a high likelihood that this is very nearly fully healed. So I strongly expect him to play week one, not really expecting any performance impact. There is a little bit of a re-aggravation risk, but again, that's relatively low because one, he's a quarterback and two, because he's had a lot of time to recover from a low-grade injury. So not too worried here. Similar question about the Seahawks rookie wideout, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He had the wrist surgery. He came back really fast. I'm not sure exactly how many days it was, but it seemed like he was back out there running routes at practice like a week later. Do you think we're going to see him in the opener? And when he does play, should we be worried at all about the wrist injury causing him any trouble? Yeah, this is a really interesting one. And as you know, Pete Carroll is notoriously optimistic about his projections for his own players in return from injury. The data on fracture healing takes about six weeks for a fracture to heal. And with that, you can usually push the return up to about five. So that would put Jackson Smith and Jigba at week three. Now, his progress so far, and as you said, he was out there pretty much right away, suggests that he could come back as early as week two. The key, though, is two things. One is that you really want to avoid the player falling on this fixed bone uh, because that could basically disrupt a healing bone and the whole surgery could go to waste. Uh, and then the other part is that because it's a wrist and specifically if we look at the way his, his thumb was immobilized in the practice footage right after he came back from surgery, you would think that this type of surgery would affect his grip strength in the very early phase. So if he comes back as early as week two, I would expect him to have a little bit of difficulty in 
in catching the ball and getting off of sort of physical engagements with his hand. But week three onwards, I wouldn't expect too much of a of a performance hit. Okay, and then we also have Zach Moss on the Colts working his way back from a broken arm. He's back at practice, but still maybe won't be ready for week one. We'll have to see there. Normally, we wouldn't care that much about Zach Moss, but he's actually listed as the RB1 on the Colts depth chart right now with Jonathan Taylor out for at least the first four weeks. And depending what happens with his contract situation, that could be longer. So will we see Moss active this week, do you think? Or is he going to need maybe a little more time to get that arm right before he gets fully cleared? It's possible for him to play week one, and it would be a relatively low re-injury risk, but because of the sort of strength recovery data, that would suggest that he would have an elevated fumbling risk here. So the more likely return is probably week two for Zach Moss. All right, and that positions Deion Jackson to get the start, which there were some reports about that already, and then the rookie Evan Hall will be the the complimentary back this week. And Evan Hall, the one that maybe long-term you want to hold to see if he can take over that job. I think he has the highest ceiling fantasy-wise of those three backs. A couple more guys that I want to ask you about, and these ones are really the injuries that people have been discussing the most, I think, over the last few weeks. The first is Cooper Cup, who re-injured his hamstring, and he's been seeing a specialist in Minnesota this week. That doesn't sound good to me, especially since Sean McVay keeps calling him day-to-day, but... Would you really seek a second opinion if you're actually day-to-day? I mean, what gives here, Deepak? Do you think the recovery timeline for Cooper Cup actually could be this fast and could be day-to-day, or are we probably going to see him out for a few more weeks at least? Yeah, I think probably seeing him out a little for a couple of weeks. The thing with Cooper Cup is that he had, from the time when he got injured initially to the time that he returned, that timeline tells us pretty convincingly he had a low-grade hamstring strain. And you don't you do see some of those recur about 10, 15%, but it's not that common. And I think that's really the reason he went to go see a specialist because why is this low grade injury getting re-injured once I have given it plenty of time to heal is kind of the thought process there. He's probably getting an injection and a little bit of a mechanical evaluation, but the data on, on these re-aggravations is that even when mild, they take about two and a half weeks. So week two is a possibility. Week three is really the more likely return date for him. The other part of this is that while his performance is not likely to be hugely impacted, for the first half of the season, he carries about a 20% re-injury risk. And that's the other part of seeing a specialist is there, there is a chance that given his age over, over 30 and coming off of this now multiple hamstring injuries, that they just decide to slow play this all together and return him more like week four. So Cooper Cup, the re-injury risk is really the key going forward from here. And the Rams not looking great on paper. You wonder too, if he does kind of deal with this for a while and the team's losing, is there really a reason to rush him back at any point? Maybe he could miss more time because of that, or maybe they end up putting him on IR at the end of the season. Like there's a lot of ways that this could play out that aren't great for Cup's fantasy outlook. And in the meantime, while he is out, Van Jefferson becomes a a pretty nice wide receiver three play. Tyler Higby, a really volume dependent low end tight end one, but Higby is going to get some opportunity because they they don't really have a lot of guys to throw to in that offense. I know a lot of people are pointing to Pukunakua, the the rookie receiver, but I think he's still a little ways away from being a a truly impactful player in that offense. So Kyron Williams, the the backup running back, I think is a guy that could pick up a, a decent amount of targets. They've talked about him a lot during the summer 
as somebody that's going to be involved in the passing game. And, and maybe because of the lack of options that they have in the receiving core, maybe we see Kyron Williams start the season hot and get used more than expected there. Uh, then we have one other wideout that I want to ask you about, and that's Jerry Judy also dealing with a hamstring problem. He wasn't placed on IR, but it seems like he could still miss a few weeks. Can you shed some light on this Judy injury and you know when he might take the field again? Yeah, so the data on this one, he he was more likely a moderate degree strain, like a grade two type strain based on the way it was described. And that would suggest a week two to week three return with week three actually in the data being a little more likely. But he was back on the field, not really doing much, but at least stretching with the team. And that would actually suggest probably a week two return is at least possible for him. The faster he comes back, the more likely he gets re-injured. So for the first half of the year, over that first eight games, that re-injury risk is about 25% given the severity of his injury. And through about week six, he does project to have somewhere between a 10 and 15% dip in his production. But I think Jerry Judy is one of those guys where they may be, as you said, in a team situation, be pushing him back a little faster because there is that pressure on that offense to to perform probably a little more so than there is on the Rams with low expectations. Yeah, and there were a lot of positive reports this summer about Cortland Sutton in practice, so maybe this gives him an opportunity to see more work early in the season and start off on the right track and have a bit of a bounce back year. Marvin Mims, the rookie, is the guy that I've been looking to. I've been taking him a lot in the late rounds. I think he's been steaming up draft boards as well. Um, He's somebody that I definitely want on as many lineups as I can, and I think he's going to take on a pretty big role in the offense while Judy's out and maybe even continue to have a big role in the offense throughout the rest of the year as rookies normally do as the year goes along. That is all for today's show, though. So make sure you're following Deepak on Twitter or X at SportsMDAnalysis. Make sure you're checking out that website, SportsMedAnalytics.com. Always appreciate you coming on, man. Anything else, anything specific that you're working on that you want to direct people towards before we let you go? I think you really nailed it this year. Our big our big goal was get that website up and running. Next year, we'll be looking at the getting on your phones with the apps and linking up through to all your other uh, all your other fantasy platforms. So we're heading in that direction, but one step at a time. So thank you for having me and thank you for uh, letting the folks know where we, where you can find us. Well, and thank you for providing us with this awesome information. It is definitely needed this time of year. As for myself, still got two more episodes to go this week. We're going to do the mailbag episode on Thursday. And then, like I mentioned, I will do one more injury recap episode on Friday and we have more information to go off of. But until then, big thanks again to Deepak. Big thanks to everybody for tuning in. And we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight, I said